Uh, last question. Um, you were really thinking about giving your baby to the devil, weren't you? <laughs> You're like, I might go to the baby. No. I, but vampire wasn't cool to me. It was, you know, like going out and like, you know, eating someone. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But I guess, you know, going to the hospital and taking blood that way, like a juice pouch. <laughs> <laughs> like a Capri Sun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a good workaround. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to 1000 Crazy Questions, the podcast. I'm your currently St. host, Houston Pierce. This is a podcast where I have at least one guest a week and ask a series of crazy would you rather questions. We get to the psyche of our guests for topics of questions that maybe should have been explored. I take my questions from you, the listener, from a list of 1000 questions. You can submit questions, suggestions, add me at 1kcrazyquestions at gmail.com or at 1000crazyquestions on Instagram. It's 1000 on Instagram. And yeah, if you're question makes an episode your social media username tag or whatever will get shouted out please uh, rate without crazy questions on apple podcast pod chaser and wherever my podcast is found and there that's the intro as fast as i get it over with i uh, was getting to the episode this week this week i have on special guest uh oh crap i'm blanking uh Lene linsky i'm not saying that so wrong it's it's not Lene. <laughs> Leanne, I'm so sorry. I was like, I've never seen the word Leanne before. <laughs> Leanne. <laughs> uh, Leanne Linsky, uh, she's the CEO of Plausible uh, and outstanding comedian. It has like years of comedy uh, background. Uh, crap. If you want to introduce yourself to the listeners. <laughs> That's okay. I've been called a lot worse. So yeah, it's Leanne Linsky. <laughs> Thank you so cool. much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm actually looking forward to, to to being here. And you're like on it with the intro. You're almost like an auctioneer. You're fat. Uh, uh, thank you. I just try to get over with. It's, it, they're the, <laughs> it's the most boring part of the whole thing. So I'm like, I have to say this. It's important. Let's just get it over with, though. <laughs> but cool. yeah, uh, yeah. If you want to tell the listeners a bit about, you know, what you do, who you are, fun and professionally, those who may not know your name. Sure. So yeah, nobody knows my name. <laughs> so <laughs> I, that's totally okay. Um, yeah, I've been doing comedy for over 20 years now. And I actually started a little bit later in life. I was working for a big corporation and was doing a lot of public speaking and everything around my actual roles at the company, which is kind of interesting. I was doing a lot of the events and everything for employees and, and quarterly meetings and running those and hosting those. And so I thought, oh, I want to incorporate more humor and maybe, you know, write a monologue of jokes and things to do. So I took a comedy writing class and fell in love with it. And then a coworker suggested I study at the Second City, which I was familiar with because I grew up outside of Chicago. But the Second City had a train center in Las Vegas. And that's where I went to college. And I ended up staying in Vegas. And here I was, there they were. And I signed up and started taking classes and fell in love with it. So I've been doing comedy ever since. And although I had that job that I loved at that big corporation, like I was there for almost 13 years. And then I got laid off. And I that I was like, what to do? What to do with my life? So I packed two suitcases and I moved to New York City. And so I stayed in New York. I ran an open mic for seven and a half years. I did acting. I did theater. I did commercials. I did stand up and eventually moved like nine years later to Long Beach. 
and California, which is outside of LA, someone told me that it was much closer than it actually is. So I suddenly found myself spending all my time in traffic rather than uh, on the stage. I was like, well, this is bananas. How do I fix this? So I started doing things online and this is before COVID. And um, I started experimenting with existing technologies and everything. And people were like, hey, this is cool. Other people were like, why would I do that? Then COVID happened and everybody's like, oh yeah, that's why we would do that. (laughs) And um, it was really cool. And I went back to school during COVID and got my master's in innovation and entrepreneurship so I could figure out how to scale my idea and how to help more people than just myself. Um, And then from that, Plausible was hatched and I uh, ended up hiring a team and we built our now platform. So all the technology is ours. And we launched last a year ago, December. So December of uh, 22. And started onboarding comedians and fans and running online shows and open mics and podcast events and things like that. So everything that happens on Plausible happens in real time. So people can interact and see and hear in one another and everything. But it's designed for comedy and entertainment rather than, you know, maybe what we're more familiar with, with conferences. So that I just jumped right in and told you everything. And I was born a long, long time ago. And here I am. Oh, oh, that's everything. <laughs> that's that's so cool, though. You're like, man, yeah. No, when I read your thing, I was like, geez, she's done everything. <laughs> that's it's <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, no, I think mean, I think a lot of people. It's kind of the cliche to like, I'm gonna move to New York and pursue this dream. And hey, you did it. You came back from it and then started a business. Yeah, no, yeah. that's just like no. Those are three like hefty like life choices that people just either throw all in you're like yeah I did them and I'm and I'm here now and I like you still have all this time like yeah, yeah that it's just really cool yeah uh, hey it's been quite the journey like there's <laughs> it's not always been easy but it's been interesting <laughs> so. that's cool I'm gonna uh, pull it back a little bit and uh tell the listeners the rules of the game there are two rules to this game slash conversation Rule number one, you must always answer the question, no matter what. If you have no preference towards one or the other, you say the phrase, flip a coin, meaning that each choice is 50-50 to you and that one is neither worse or better than the other. But that rarely happens, so it may not get used. Rule number two, whoever asks the question doesn't have to answer it if they choose not to. These rules exist because as the questions become harder to answer, the rules become harder to follow. Uh, this week we have a blue one episode, so the questions as on top of discuss will be family friendly. If you want to check out the red version of the podcast where the questions get a little more raunchy, essentially, uh, they're just as interesting, just as ridiculous, and I encourage you to go check them out. I just want to remind you as the guest, if you have any different questions for me, let me know. This conversational podcast will go back and forth. Quick but hypothetical disclaimer to the listeners, everything is hypothetical. If you are offended by this episode... I don't know what to say to you. I'm sorry. I don't know. You can at me, but it's, I'm I probably just ignore it. And and um, lastly, lastly, before we begin, Leanne, is there anything you would like to ask and or declare? Are there any heritage mental biases you know you may have? <laughs> that's, all, that's like such a big question. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there anything you want to declare? Fruit, batteries? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I put that there just in case anyone goes like, "Oh yeah, I hate." I don't know. <laughs> some oh. people, have, some people have, I answer that going like, "Oh yeah, well I'm I'm really a leftist," and I'm like, "Oh okay." 
some people have like upfront opinions. I don't know. That's that's what that's okay. there for. Well, yeah, we all carry some biases, like conscious or unconscious. They're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not a- intentionally. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like I don't. Know. I have no idea. I'll tell you if yeah. they come up. Hey, oh, hey, that's a real answer. Hey, I, know, I just I put it there, and people people tackle it different ways. And people go, I have no bias. And I'm like, all right, and we can <laughs> like sure. Someone said that before. I don't know who. I I, don't know. I, I, for, I forgot who. But someone said like, oh yeah, I have none. And I'm like, all right. Do you ever test about bias? They have tests that can test your bias on things. I was fascinated with it. I'm like, oh, I had no idea. Like, really? Like how quickly you answer questions yeah. versus how uh, much time you hesitate or, yeah, it's fascinating. So I'm like, I didn't even know. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, I've taken one of those tests too. It's Those are a bit revealing and creepy. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's humbling, you know, because it's like, really? Oh, man. But it's it creates such good awareness, honestly. Yeah. Though those things are... I forgot. I think I took one years ago and I think everyone, the one everyone knows is like the racist one. (laughs) This is a bad story. But this one guy, he was like, it's like, oh yeah, it turns out I'm a little, I'm slightly racist. He was this um, white coworker I was working with. I'm like, really? Look look at it. He's like, it's like, yeah, apparently I took this test. Harvard made it. I take the same test. Apparently I'm racist too, but the opposite. Um, I don't know if I should be admitting this. (laughs) I don't know how accurate it was. I was like, huh? Was like, all right. And it's like, it's, and it, but the way it worked, it was actually more um, interesting to me than the results because it, it was flash like really quickly words and show you images. I was like, oh crap, that's, that's a way to get someone. Right. Because you don't have time to think about it. It's just yeah. your immediate response. And then it measures that. Yeah. I understand. Like it, it's weird. It's hard to admit that we have them, but it's truthful. And how do you improve on it without knowing it? You can't. So we have to learn that information so that yeah. we can learn us around it. Yeah. Yeah. We're also a product of our environments and our environments will always win because if you're around, this is what you know, this is what you know, this is what you know, and is normal and accepted as such, then we behave as such until we step into a different environment and they're like, nope. And you're like, what? That's everything I know is not true. <laughs> Man, no, that's very true. Man. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, this is, I don't know how to segue. <laughs> Let's get to questions. Yeah, that's the first question. Would you rather never laugh again or be allergic to any technology made after the year 2000. And the more new it is, the worse the allergies. Oh, I'd rather be allergic to technology than never to be. Really? Okay. Uh, All right. I mean, uh, how would you do this podcast or plausible or anything uh, else? Able to, which would make me super sad. But I've got to be honest, the reason that I do what I do is so that people can laugh because there's a healing quality to laughing that people need and i want to bring it to people who don't have things as accessible to them or can't go to a club or can't enjoy something like that so i use the technology to to deliver it as a channel of distribution but honestly i don't know how someone could live their life without laughing that makes me sad so i'd have to give up technology and find another way oh yes i would i would find another way to bring laughter to people Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I guess you can just, um, hmm, like take one of those old school hand recorders or something that the 
like New York Times reporters used to use, I guess. Like, you know, when they ask interviews and they used to hold the box up to people, I guess you can do that and get comedy people that way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe I would actually, uh, yeah, I could do, I don't know. I'd have to think about like the old school, like before, before what year? 2000. Mm, before 2000, I'd have to be on MySpace. Is that, <laughs> your is that, I remember it, but I, I, I wasn't. Oh, that's after 2000. Hmm. Didn't have any of that before then. Oh, I have to think about that. Maybe, you know what? I would do like a bookmobile. No bookmobile. You remember those from the library? No, I'm yeah. sorry. You're gonna have to educate me on this one. Are you serious? Okay. So back in the day, um, the libraries, the local libraries, would have these bookmobiles, and they'd be like this little RV. They would roll up into a neighborhood that wasn't as close in proximity to the library. And they'd go to these neighborhoods that were a little bit on the outskirts and they'd be stocked with books and everybody from the neighborhood, all the kids would come and everybody would come and see what books were on the bookmobile. And then they could check out books from the library via the bookmobile. What? I'm sorry. This is the, yeah. this may sound crazy to you, but that's the first time I've ever heard this. I've, I've ever heard of this concept. No, I've never heard of this concept. It sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, cool. As a kid, it was like, the bookmobile, you know, like where where's it going to be? And where's it going to be at this, you know, at this neighborhood on this street? And then everybody would come go and look at all the books in the bookmobile. And they had it set up with like all the shelves and all the books. And there was a librarian on board and they'd open the back doors or like a side hatch or something, you know, like a, like a take, like a food truck kind of set up. Right. But yeah. it was for books. And so that way people could get their reading in and everything. So I guess I would take that concept of a bookmobile and then I would create like stand-up comedy shows and maybe travel like throughout the country and bring comedy to more rural areas via the book, via like the comedy mobile, <laughs> the wow. laugh mobile. That's a yeah. great answer. I've, I never heard of that. I'm glad I learned it. And wow. Next question. I have no notes. <laughs> That's a really good huh. <laughs> bookmobile. Um, would you rather always be late or always be unprepared? Uh, mm. I guess being late in a sense is being unprepared. Yeah. Okay. So this is a tough question. I will come up with an answer, but here's my reasoning. Okay. I, I don't like being late. It drives me bananas. I hate being late to things. I like being prompt. And that was something I got from my dad. Because he was like, we will not be late. We would be like an hour early, but we would not be late. But also being an entrepreneur and stuff, um, I think it would be less acceptable to be unprepared. Uh, so I think I would be, I would have to go, wait, what was the question? Which would I rather? <laughs> which which one would you, would you rather suffer? I would rather suffer from being late because people are forgiven for that all the time. Like I know people who are late all the time. No one cares. <laughs> I'm like one of the few people who put value on that. So I would be late and I would be very prepared. Yeah. No, I, that's pretty good reasoning. That's pretty good reasoning. Yeah. I mean, also there's, there's excuses though. I mean, like if you're unprepared, I guess it depends on what you're trying to do. Like if you're, if you're like, okay, listen, if you're always late and you're trying to make a flight, 
you know you're not really going to make that flight, right? But if you're always unprepared, and like let's say you leave something behind at your house, but you've made the flight because you were you were you were timely, but you weren't prepared. You've still gotten what you need, but you've missed the like if something's a hard deadline and you miss it, some things are really hard and you just kind of, you know, like let's let's say something's like, oh, you have to be here at 10, otherwise the seats are gone. And you know you're late, you have this curse, you miss it, bam, you're done. Versus when you're prepared, you make it and you miss something. Like I think it's better to make it and miss something, depending mm -hmm. on what it is. Actually, can I switch an answer? Okay. Because 80% of success is just showing up. Mm, I've heard that. Right? So I'm thinking to your point, because you made valid argument for that, is, yeah, I would I would rather be unprepared than never show up to something. Or I could show up and they'd be like, here's this woman again. She doesn't <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't bring anything to the yeah, table. She never has it right. She's here. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I, I convinced you then. All right, cool. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm just a devil's advocate and be honest. I don't have, this, <laughs> but, um, yeah. I, I, I think I may have convinced myself, but what you said about, but what you said about people forgiving being late is very true. And like, let's, if I show up to a date, for instance, and I'm not prepared, mm. hmm, you see like that, I mean, hmm, but what's, prepared like i'd leave my wallet like there's different versions of like prepared uh if i'm like if i'm trying to plan something and it, i always fall like it always fail but i'd rather always be late and complete with what i got i mean okay. like i guess like it like for social occasions are like like yeah the person's late whatever you know they forget it's forgiven but professional things it sucks to be late so i'm really? i'm really i'm torn Okay, Sorry. so I kind of am like listening to this. I'm like, I think you make valid reasons. And I'm like, yeah, I should switch. But then as I'm thinking this, I think I think being late, my initial thing on being late is usually forgiven. It's true, you know, in general. Like people yeah. are like, oh, that person. I've waited on so many people and I'm like, I'm never going to hang out with them again. And then I hang out with them the next day, you know, and I'm like waiting on them again. I'm like, so it's easier. I think it, that is easier to let go of but to show up even if i show up and i'm unprepared for everything i think that like diminishes credibility even more i would because when you brought up i was thinking business but i think about relationships like personal relationships then that would be rough yeah i mean uh I think they're both bad for business and social, but I think being late is worse for business because 80% is showing up. I think social things like I can forgive, like if we're supposed to meet here and you're supposed to bring the cake and, and I don't know, the keyboard and you forget the cake, then it's, I mean, oh, that does suck. But if you're supposed to be here at nine and you're here at nine fifteen or nine thirty, it's like, ah, oh man, I'm, ah, shoot. Well, I couldn't be a, a like a surgeon. Well, yeah, I could be a doctor. Doctors are always late, <laughs> but they're very prepared. They're very prepared. Oh, this this one sucks. I didn't. I didn't. Sorry, I put these down. I didn't think about them. I don't. I didn't think about the depth of how bad this is. I think. Okay, I guess I pick. Um, oh, hmm. This might play into your answer. Okay. I'm, would you rather I'm late or unprepared? <laughs> <laughs> In this case, like I, 
I'd rather you late because like I would be able to like, oh, okay, cool, I'm going to get my stuff together because I was unprepared. <laughs> so it's like, uh, crap. Like I, in this case, in like in the podcast scenario, it's like, okay, I can wait a couple minutes. I'll, no sweat. And like, in fact, I'll get my things in a row real quick, but uh, that doesn't work for everything. Right. Yeah, it does. It depends on the situation. So I might go back to my, like, I can't stand being late. Maybe I stick with that. Boy, I'm kind of wishy-washy on this one. <laughs> this, I... I'm I'm with you. I'm with you on this one. I can't, I, I can't. each time I think I found a lane, I can't. I think I pick late because it's more, it's predictable. It's predictable. Like if I'm, if I knew I'm late, I might just make my whole life or make the people, I would tell everyone who knows me personally, tell me, give me the wrong date, I guess. Uh, yeah. Which is bad, but. But yeah, mm. just tell me the wrong time. Like do that. Cause I can do that with people who are late all the time. I just adjust my expectations and then I'm like, oh, they're going to be late. So I don't have to leave right now or I don't have to be there till whatever. And that's easier for me, for other people, I think to adjust to, but being unprepared, that's hard for, even with jobs, that's hard for other people to, because then other people have to pick up your slack. And if I'm a pilot, I better be prepared to know how to fly a plane. <laughs> I'd rather be late and everybody's sitting out there waiting for me than to have something go wrong. Uh. And same a doctor or a lawyer, I'd rather they be running a little bit late, but win my case or, or save my life or something, you know? Yeah. You know what? I, I picked unprepared. You know what? You've, you've solidified my answer. Thank you. Cause you've unintentionally gone. Yeah. There it is. Cause if I was a doctor or a lawyer, like, okay, I, I show up on time, but I like I'm in the surgery room and I have everything on. I'm like, Oh wait, I need to wash my hands. Like everyone's going to, I'm there, right? And who, what are they going to do? Stop me? Like, you know, that's I made an error. I got, hold on, I'll be right back. I go to the sink, wash my hands. Or like, oh, I forgot the, the, the scalpel. Like, oh, yeah, nurse so-and-so will go and get that. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then they come back. And like, if I'm a, if I'm flying an airplane, it's like, oh, I forgot, I don't know, my hat. Like, what, what do I need for that? So. But wait, that's just forgetting stuff. What about I'm not prepared? I didn't study that in school, so yes. I can't do that today. Like, oh, I didn't go to the training class on this new plane. <laughs> like, what? Don't give me new stuff. As soon as I'm in a spot, don't give me new stuff. I <laughs> think that's it. I, I'm going to, I don't want to think about this too much because I might wish wash, but yeah. Okay, I'm going to next. We're going to do the next one. That was. <laughs> Um, would you rather always have a laugh track in your life? Um, like when you do something funny, whether it's minor or major, there's a laugh track that goes off or have your life narrated and only you can hear either like <laughs> both the laugh track and the narration voice are in your head. This is personal. Yeah. I already have enough voices in my head. I don't need someone narrating everything that I do. That would be so annoying. I would much rather have someone laughing in my head, like a laugh track in my head. That would that would crack me up. But someone really? narrating what I'm doing, oh, that would be exhausting. What is it? I myself like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing that? Well, I'm turning left. Leanne's turning left. Leanne's turning right. Leanne's looking up. Leanne's looking down. Like, let's, let's. What's the most? Uh, who who has the most comforting uh, voice to you? Like who who's a good narrator to you? Oh, mm. 
there is a there's a really good narrator on a book that I'm listening to on Audible's. I don't remember his name. I'd have to look it up, but I really like him. I know I've heard him on other books. He's very like the soothing voice. Yeah. Is is he British? Right. I'll now put the bread up in the cupboard, hoping that you'd be able oh. to taste the bread again. Like you know, just something like. <laughs> oh, so remember Ways? Did you have the Ways app? Uh, they helped you like uh, navigate the streets, right? It was kind of like yeah. Yeah. So on the Ways app, you could pick a a voice, and it had like female voice, male voice, and then like a couple other things, and then boy band voice. I would want the boy band voice. It was the most hilarious thing. In fact, my parents who are in their 80s, I had Waze. I put Waze on their phone and I was like, what voice you want? And I played it and they're like, oh, you got to do the boy band voice. And it would be like, turn right now. And I like sing all the directions. And then at the end, it was like, you have arrived at your destination. Oh, wow. <laughs> my voice. It was hilarious. I didn't know that was an option. That's great. That sounds great. Yeah. You you can pick that. Let's if boy band can narrate your life, would you pick it? I might. If if that were boy band voice was an option, I'd probably go with boy band voice over a laugh track because that would make me laugh. Yeah. Okay. I want to, for this one, it's like you got a kid to pick. Sure. (laughs) I would also, sorry. I would also do things just to hear how they narrate it (laughs) because Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I just had to. No, that's funny. (laughs) No, you gotta test the waters. You have to see what they're gonna do. Yeah, or what? How's gonna be explained? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, with the laugh track, though, who has who has the best laugh? To you know, who's like, what's a great laugh? Because you know, Mm. if you're picking boy band narrator narration, you should be able to pick the most appealing laugh sound or laugh track or laughter to you. Yeah. I don't know of a, a laugh that wouldn't at some like especially if it's one laugh, it's not like a group laughter. <laughs> you know, is that like Oh yeah, it'd be group, but yeah. I would go yeah. with group laughter if I had to So my initial thing was laughter, but now that I know that I have the option of boy band voice, I would want boy band voice doing my voiceover. Problem solved. I have everything I need in my uh, life. You know, it's staying there, right? Once you pick this this narration boy that's it though like it's permanent it's it's just boy band from then on yeah okay yeah okay just checking uh this will be creepy one of course i don't think this would help but if you can what if you wanted children laughter on the laugh track just like a group of kids <laughs> no no i have i have no children that i know of and no <laughs> like i would that would no i would sleep with one eye open like they would be like, <laughs> I don't know how kids laugh. I don't even know how they laugh. No, yeah. I love kids. Don't get me wrong. I I love babies and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think that would freak me out. No, it would too. I just want to say that like that, you know, that'd be creepy. I don't know. You make a joke and you make an adult joke and a child is laughing at it. You're like, hey, <laughs> you're not supposed to laugh at that. Or it's followed, or what you say is followed up by lots of questions. Like, I don't know. Or the kids just like sitting there perplexed, like, mm, or not. And you're like, that was hilarious, but they don't understand. Sure. What, what if I, I keep thinking of new stuff, but what if like they, they also uh, not ask questions, but go the, ooh, oh, yeah. Well, that, what if they're also doing the, ah, 
Yeah, you know, like they're grabbing their toes, like laugh or whatever the kids do, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or it's a squeal and you're like, wait, was that, a, what was that? If I don't see you that you're squealing, you know, because they have those squeals of joy. Yeah. I would have to know what, what age this child or baby is so I could fully understand those no noises. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be creepy. It'd, it'd be creepy. Because I think the younger, the creepy. If it's baby laughter, <laughs> that's how you laugh. Right? And I'd be like, hey, you shouldn't be in this situation right now. You're too young. And then it's like, I have, I can't. You want to go in this bar? No, I can't. The baby's not old enough. Like, <laughs> I can't take it in this human. I can't take it in a club. I can't take it, you know. No, no. No. Out of bed, baby. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, you like you. No, your life. It wouldn't work. That's funny. No, no. sorry. Okay, I, I, I just, I couldn't help it. I was like, oh, what if they were kids? Um, next question. <laughs> uh, what in your expert opinion makes something funny? Oh, okay. So there's several things that can make something funny, and I don't know that it's just one thing. So sometimes. Uh, we laugh at things that maybe we shouldn't because they're uncomfortable. So that's one, right? Things we're uncomfortable with. Sometimes we laugh at like someone falling down and you're like thinking that's almost like your friend falls down. You're like both laughing. That happened, mm -hmm. happened to me on numerous occasions. Although it seems terrible thing to say, right? But we've all been there. Sad situations. I've, I think sometimes, uh, you know, we get the fit of a giggles at a very sad moment. I was like, why is this happening? But when it comes to like comedy and stand-up, oftentimes it's things that are relatable of like, oh, I get that. I can relate to that. But then there's also things where in comedy we say it's tragedy plus time equals comedy. And over time we can look back at something that was maybe hurtful or we had a different emotion attached to it, but we can see it with a new perspective and therefore we can now find it humorous. So I think those are the kind of things that Hmm. Okay. Do you? No, I've I've heard that phrase too, like comedy plus tread. Wait, sorry, tragedy plus comedy equals no. Sorry, wait, tragedy plus time. Time. Yep. The two T. Comedy. Yeah. T T equals C. Do you think there is like a base um root for kind of all comedy? Because I've I don't know where I heard this, but I heard that the root of comedy is like pain or tragedy do you think that's true for like things being like unexpected or like you know your friend falling for instance or just someone like saying something that trips you up like it's like all that's like a root from something going wrong or pain do you think is that do you think that's true yeah a lot of times honestly it is that's where all mine come you know like yeah i think i don't think every Every joke or every bit of comedy is that way, but I think a good deal of it for sure. And then I think about um, comedians who are more observationalists, right? Like um, George Carlin or Jerry Seinfeld, like what's the deal with, you know, and they'd make observations about people's, about human behavior or things in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, again, taking something that maybe we see all the time or is very commonplace and then flipping it with a different point of view. And it's like, oh yeah, that is funny. Like I never thought about it that way, but yeah, you know, why didn't I think of that? So thinking things that are, that are out in the wild in the real world and then making observations on them. So I think there's that. So there's that, that thing about something we can all relate to. And then they, 
they look at it a different perspective, which I think is really fun way of approaching things too. No, I would agree. Uh, do you think, or not do you think, like what is your type, your favorite type of comedy, whether to do or to listen to in terms of like observational, um, the written joke of like, you know, set up punchline, um, slapstick, situational, cringe, someone practically uh, going through therapy on stage, you know, and say, like just running through their terrible life. Like what, what type of comedy speaks to you? What type of comedy do you like to do the most? Yeah. So I'll start with what I do the most is probably self-deprecating or based on my own experience and relationships or work and things like that. Um, so it comes from my own instances, my own pains, if you will, that maybe I found a new perspective on. Yeah. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that. I think for me to watch, I think it's a combination. I don't think there's just one thing I, I prefer to watch. I have a, a weird appreciation for a lot of things. And I don't always have to, uh, you know, people always say, what, who's your favorite comedian and stuff. I have a lot of people that I, I don't know if there's a comedian I don't like, except if it's just not funny, then it's like, what are you like, you know, how many times can you talk about body parts and it's funny you know, or something? But um, I think people who play to the top of their intelligence, like people who think about it, put a little bit more thought, like I think it's easy to make some jokes and sometimes that's just fun and silly. And I to have a total appreciation for that. But to watch, I have an even greater appreciation for, for people who um, make me think. I don't necessarily have to agree with them, but I love people who make me think. I love people who are provocative, bring different points of view, different experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Those mm -hmm. are probably things I, I gravitate more towards rather than shock value of like, oh, I said these words. Aren't you shocked? Like, I'm like, I have heard all those words. Cool. Um and I think there's a place for everybody, though. I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's an answer. It's really hard. I, I find myself <laughs> studying a lot of it because I learn from all of it. So yeah. I have a creation. But if I were to sit and listen to something, you know, that's kind of the lane that I go down versus the other. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. No, that no, you answered it. No, definitely. Um, I I kind of agree. I don't really have a favorite either or when it comes to what I like to listen to and I'm not a comedian so I don't have one like that I do um I think when I've been told that I'm funny it's very much in like in life I I can't drop and do a joke I I I haven't written any and my sense of humor is very dark and sometimes dry and my shock value is when I is when I say a really dumb one, like, because of, because people know me to be kind of dark when it's, when something's a obvious pun is when people go, Oh, we didn't see that coming from him. I don't know. Personally, I think slapstick is a bit underrated too. I think slapstick, this is now, this is just my personal uh, uh, thoughts on it, but I think slapstick is maybe like the most foundational or relatable and it's the funniest one. And like, in how pure it is, like it's the, like where is something that's deep or provocative or shocking can be lost and divisive or even like stupid, like fart jokes can be 
uh, divisive also. You outgrow them. Um, <laughs> slapstick, it, it could be a little outgrown, but I think even an 80-year-old, like, none. I don't know, like, someone who's, like, completely just, like, doesn't find any joy in a lot can still laugh at someone tripping. Like, and there's something... I think there's something or or a really or a pratfall or something. I think there's something innate about humans that uh is it's so like fundamental. I like I, I appreciate it for that reason. I, I love other forms. I like every form of it. Um some more than others. But I think slapstick is like the the one I'll point to say so like, yeah, this one's I think really good for how reliable it is. Like it's like a Tom and Jerry thing. You know, everyone, even if you don't like yeah. them, you know what they are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's really interesting point. And I actually agree with you. I think it can be very underrated. And I think it's kind of, we don't see as much, like I sure don't see as much slapstick. I rarely see anybody do anything really physical. In fact, it makes me sad. As you were talking about that, I'm like, I know some really funny comedians out of New York that are really physical on stage and they're hilarious because it's different and they stand out. And when yeah. I see so many comedians now, and especially online, people, it's just like, they're barely moving. I'm like, you realize you're still supposed to be performing, you know, and not just be a talking head, even when you're on stage. And some people that's their shtick is, you know, I'm very this and I don't move, but there's so much opportunity because people can do so much with their physical selves and sometimes not saying anything speaks louder than any words. And so I've known some comedians years ago uh, one in particular comes up. He ended up writing uh, Cirque du Soleil shows and things like that. And he was so good and powerful with his physicalities on stage that he would immediately take focus and make you laugh. But he didn't even say anything. And it's not like wacka wacka, but just real intentional movement and stuff like that. And I and I think it's a, a it's definitely a skill that people have to learn and hone and practice. And even when we think of like the Three Stooges or you know, Lucille Ball and, and and people like that, like that, those are some crazy mad skills that you don't always see anymore. So yeah, I'm so appreciative that you shared that because yeah, as I'm sitting here, I'm like, I totally agree. Yeah, no, I, as you were saying these things too, like I, I, you're missing so much with like the visual, like element of things, like people right now can only hear our voices too. And I, I, People can't tell that I'm nodding my head furiously, like when you're when you're going through, like would you? I'm like throwing my hands up. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, exactly, yeah. But um, no, that's kind of lost. I plan to do some type of animation with this later, like or like later when I like if more money comes in, I get more time, whatever. And I, I'm keeping on this podcast road, like to animate what we're talking about or something, or even like and bring in the the visual element. But anyway, yeah, there's so much lost, yeah. And um, Jim Carrey's a great, he's the first one that, that comes to mind is with the way he physically moves. And I, like, there's so you can, his expressions, he's a human cartoon, like the way like it's, he's hilarious. He doesn't have to even say much, but there's so much comedy and movement, but yeah, I'll, I digress. But yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. I talk about this for days. So. <laughs> Man. Okay. We're going to. I don't know. I don't know why we're doing that time. I think we're near the end. Um, I have two more pretty stupid questions if you want to answer them. I love uh, it. Let's go. All right, cool. Uh, would you rather always have to uh, be a vampire, pretty much, and survive on human blood to live when there is no cure, like so vampirism, 
or this one's kind of dark. Sell your last born child to uh, the devil and they uh, they'll return it as soon as you have a new kid. So you can get that one back if you just have a new kid. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's that's, that's the question I wrote. <laughs> I, okay, I couldn't do that to a kid. I don't okay. have any. Like, I just couldn't do that. Like, if I okay. had, a, just be like, oh no, I'm not giving my baby up. Um, maybe <laughs> though, maybe I would have a terrible child. There is that possibility, and I'd be like, here, please take it, not having another one. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> so <laughs> Oh man, these they're both um, terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like, oh shoot, this one's bad. This one sucks. Could I could I keep the baby? <laughs> Maybe if I could keep the baby until it got old enough to talk back, and then I would give it to the devil and then be like, on you, babe. <laughs> that that's the thing. Um all right. I think I'd have to be a vampire. Okay. <laughs> So enough about the babies. I don't have I don't have one. So okay, you, you get oh, there's well there's a loophole. I just want to ask. <laughs> oh, there's a loophole. I mean, it sounds like it. I didn't think of it, but if you don't have a kid, then there's nothing to give. Right, there's nothing to give. So there is that. But let's say. Let's oh, yeah, say, let's say let's say of course yeah let's say. Let's say I had to have a baby. <laughs> okay. Uh, God help us. Um, let's <laughs> say I had to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And I would have to be a vampire because I'd always get cast in TV shows. I would have my own thing going on. Like I could, I could monetize that. <laughs> like I could do. You can monetize that. I yeah. Mean, I... Like how many vampires do you know? I'd have a vampire podcast. I would be like, I'm a, I would know other vampires probably because I'd have to find, you know. I guess you're. Yeah. Also, you'd have to have good teeth to be a vampire. So I think that would be a plus. Um, I don't know. There's an endless supply of blood. I'd work at the Red Cross. I don't know. But like, yeah. But wait, knowing that could, wait sorry. So you go to like the hospital or a Red Cross and be like, hey, I need in order for me not to attack somebody, just give me this blood. Right. Or I could be the next Dr. Kevorkian and be like, here's the deal. <laughs> are you are you telling me you don't like again i could monetize that because be like i can help you you could leave this world because you don't want you know your, your terminal illness or something like that i could i could help people I, okay i i guess so i guess so i mean it's not you, you're taking blood but oh, all right does it not gross you out at all well yeah yeah but there are grosser things than that <laughs> like but if you're a vampire, is it gross? No, I guess not. It'd be very normal to me. Yeah, if anything, you'd enjoy it. If anything. Yeah. I mean, they're not like, oh man, I gotta go out and get blood. Boy, I hate that blood. Because blood makes them feel good, right? From yeah. at least from the scene. And the other cool thing, vampires are always attractive. There's a comedian who talks about this. Impossible, and they're like you ever notice that vampires are always like super good looking so i'd have that going for me i'd probably be like a good looking person and that would be really kind of nice to experience as i like move this hair out of my face <laughs> like yeah. maybe i have good yeah. hair um so there's that also they always seem to dress uh well vampires 
Mm-hmm. And they have an active nightlife. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you're picking it without even like much. You're like, yeah, I'm taking it. I don't need, you know, like, you don't need to be, would you rather? Do you like, yeah, I pick vampire. Yeah, I wouldn't have to worry about going in the sun, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I can't go out in the sun anymore, you know, because anyway. So yeah. that would be really cool. So I'd have even a bigger reason to stay out of the sun. I could sleep all day. And Man. where would I sleep? I'd sleep in a coffin. Like, talk about, you know, low rent. That's... <laughs> I don't need much space. I can just hang upside down. I don't know. Man, all right. That's no downsides. <laughs> okay. No downsides. Okay. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And you live forever, don't you? Practically, I think so. Unless something weird happens. I think you age very slow or something. But yeah, practically, virtually immortal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think think about that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Enough said. Enough said. Yeah. I I don't know if I'm gonna. I guess I pick a vampire with you. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna fight it. Um. <laughs> uh, last question. Um, you were really thinking about giving your baby to the devil, weren't you? <laughs> You're like, I might go to the baby and the devil. No. I. But vampire wasn't cool to me. It was you know like it, going oh. out and like you know eating someone I'm like oh that sucks but i guess you know going to the hospital and taking blood that way like a juice pouch <laughs> <laughs> like a capri sun yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a good workaround yeah i was like oh yeah i don't have to gonna have to hunt i can just do that yeah. i probably miss my reflection and the sun and other things such as that but uh yeah i guess if i'm magically attractive overnight because I'm a vampire, just yeah. Then you yeah. don't need the You just look good all the time. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't give it too much thought. No, it's it's a little unbalanced. I think it's a little unbalanced. Uh, psh, but here we are. This is the very last question. This one's this one's maybe a little bit dark. Maybe, possibly. Would you rather always have your food scream bloody murdered every time you try to eat it? People can hear the screams. Or you can only uh, date someone new after three years have passed with the other person. Okay, so my food would scream at me every time I go to take a bite. Or yes, I can only date someone three years after my last relationship. Yes. Oh, definitely that. Yeah, date someone three years after my last relationship. I think that's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> whoa what like what what if you date someone for a week and then you have to wait three years yeah i gotta cleanse myself <laughs> i gotta go through a detox yeah yeah go to the gym get fit focus on me 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 and then get back so i don't know that just seems yeah yeah you know really really oh man what I, I I think I picked the other one honestly. That's it's too long. I don't know. I like I. It's like I'm I'm over it. I'm good. Next, you know, like let's let's keep going. But three years. No. Yeah. Well, I would, but then that's also encouragement to stay with the good one. You know, like why would I break up with you? <laughs> like I'm not, you know, work on the relationship. That's the other thing. Like oh, I'm gonna work on that relationship. Uh, easy for me to say because I have a really good relationship right with my husband, but. 
my question about the screaming food, I probably should ask deeper on that. How loud mm-hmm. are these? Are they like blood curdling screams? Do like people hear them from miles away? Or is it like, because ah, that's kind of entertaining. Also, it might keep me thin. But you know, if it's like <laughs> blood curdling, someone's being murdered right now screams, I'm definitely going for the three years in between dating. I say it's somewhere in the middle between those two of the ah in the uh, the three mile radius type of here, and it's like it's it's enough so like the room maybe can hear it, but it's not it's not like down the hall across the other side of the house. It's more like the the immediate vicinity can hear your food screaming for help. Yeah. So that that so if my food is screaming, that may end my dating career right there. I feel like this woman, like, are you kidding me? Nah. So I'm just, again, I'm just going to go on. Like, I think I would just have to go. Okay. Because so much time in between the things, like I would have to be more uh, thoughtful. on picking who I'm going to date and how I show up in that relationship. Yeah. I think that's yeah. just really good. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy with that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's good. That's good. The best made plans but i don't know if you get broken up with i just have to argue here if you get broken up with isn't it kind of like throw a wrench in it like oh you were doing all you could and they're like no and it's over i mean you know you're obviously you're in your stretching bed you're in a nice you're in a healthy relationship but if god forbid something were to happen to it three years i mean actually i guess coming for coming out of a marriage and maybe kind of that may be all right in three years well, but i've been married and divorced before and okay. also dated a lot in my younger years. And so I look back at that time and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, what was I doing? Like, take some time, you know, relax, got your whole life ahead of you. So I guess I'm coming from that experience. Like, yeah, I'm fortunate now I'm in a good long relationship, but I guess it's me thinking like, oh, I wish I would have taken longer in my younger years to like before it went to like another relationship or something like that. So I guess that's where that's coming from. But but a whole lifetime of my food screaming at me, I think (laughs) like lots of therapy. I need more. Either way, you're getting therapy. They're not dating for three years. Food screaming at you. It'd be kind of entertaining for everyone else. Sort of. Like like your rating on dating apps is like, this woman, like, (laughs) Don't take her out to eat. Nope. Roller skating. <laughs> Tell me it wouldn't be like a good act though, to be like, Hey, watch this. You know, all you have to do is eat in front of a mic and people just like, what's, what's screaming? Like, Oh, this, this is a carrot vegetarians. And then you, you know, right. Do does all my food have little faces on it going? Nah. Oh no. <laughs> uh, that, that make it worse. I don't know. I don't know. I get. I think. I guess it'd be normal looking food, and the sound just emits. Yeah. What about chewing gum? Ooh. With like every chew that there's a scream. That's horrifying. Yeah, I guess so. Well, it's is gum food. Oh no, it's not. Probably you probably shouldn't swallow that. But you can. Probably you can. I don't think it's good. <laughs> you ever see how long gum lasts on like a wall or a desk? Like that stuff is there for decades. I don't want that in my life. Not so much. Also, isn't there an element of gum that's actually rat poison? Someone told me. Hmm? I don't know. Is that true? I'd have to Google it, but I believe it is. 
I believe it doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> That's going to be like serious fact checking here. Yeah. Dang. All right. I mean, I, I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to take your rumor for it and it's going to stick in the back of my mind. I'm just going to keep it there and never look it up probably. Stick it like the little stick of a gum. But... Yep. Pun intended. <laughs> cool. So I, I guess we'll call it there. Oh, we're going to end it there. Thank you so much for being on. I want to hand the spotlight over to you. Is there anything you want to plug slash tell the listeners? Yeah, come on over and get some comedy at Plausible. Plausible.com. It's P-L-A-U-Z-Z-A-B-L-E. Create a free account. You can go through the comedian directory, see who's on there. You can go through all the show listings, pick a show. It all happens in real time. So if it's at four o'clock then it's at four o'clock <laughs> and then you show up laugh with us it's a really good time cool yeah that's <laughs> i saw the the when i visited the website like this is really cool like i don't know it, the idea seems very uh fresh you know like i never like it, it's it's kind of rare when you look at something you're like oh i had not i really not thought about that and that seems sort of obvious like why why wasn't this a thing before but yeah no it's a nice name, one. It's catchy, like applause. It's possible. Yeah, it's very straight up, very catchy. And then second, yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, yeah. I second that, folks, but applausible. And well, a thousand crazy questions on Instagram. That's where I'm mainly active. That's where I post updates, promote this podcast and other things I'm doing. Go there if you want to keep up. Yeah, I'm just getting back on this this grind. If you guys have... If, you haven't noticed or not my it's scheduled thing ever asked, but I'm getting back on it. It's getting consistent. And thank you. Uh, share this with your friends, share this with your enemies. Everyone stay safe. Bye. Thank you. As always, follow my music producer D800 D-800 at BeatStars or SoundCloud.com. 